reading from Acts, verses 1 to 16. Acts 3, verses 1 to 16. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if it's our own power or godliness that we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. God has glorified his servant, Jesus. God has glorified his servant, Jesus. As Peter speaks to people, he he calls to mind the history of God's people. The God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob. That would have reminded them of Moses at the burning bush. That's how God introduced himself to Moses at the burning bush. Take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as Peter speaks to the crowd about what God has done, he talks about the God of history. And say, this is what God is doing now. We worship the God of history. We worship the God of the Bible. We worship the God whom we see revealed in Scripture. But what's he doing now? What's he doing among us in this place? We're thinking at the moment about being prompted by the Holy Spirit, about being led by the Holy Spirit. Last week was the Pentecost Sunday. We thought about the day of Pentecost when God poured out his Holy Spirit, not just on a select few, but on all flesh. All who come to him receive the Holy Spirit. Peter says, 
I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I give you. What do you have? What do you have? Well, guess what? You have the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead, who was poured out at Pentecost. He's in you. There was a lady called Jen. Jen uh, was quite a well-known Christian speaker and uh, author. And she became very, very ill and was in a wheelchair. And she would speak from her wheelchair. One day, she went to a place called Hazelmere in Surrey, spoke to a group of ladies um, preaching from her wheelchair. And one young Christian interrupted and said, I've been reading about how Jesus heals the sick. How come you're in a wheelchair? Can you imagine how embarrassing that was? You don't say that to someone who's disabled. Everyone thought, shh, shh, shh. But the weirdest thing was that day, Jen thought, actually, I think God wants to heal me. And I think God wants that person to pray for me. So later on, she called this young Christian to herself and said, I'd like you to pray for me. She said, what? I can't pray for you. I've never prayed for anyone in my life. She's so nervous, shaking her hands. She prays a short prayer. Oh, Lord, she's been ill. Can you heal her? Didn't even say amen. <laughs> Jen got up out of the wheelchair. <laughs> Went to the loo. She'd been unable to do things like squeeze a toilet roll. Am I right? She could squeeze a toilet roll. The muscles in her body came back so remarkably that the physio a few days later said, hang on a minute, it's, whoa, she couldn't believe it. Because the muscles have been restored so, so rapidly, so, so miraculously. One medical person who looked at her notes thought, well, this cannot be the same person. But it was. I know that many of you know this lady. Her name was Jennifer Reese Larkham. She was a member of this church. It was undeniable. God healed her. A public person with a public face and ministry, and she got up out of the wheelchair. She'd written a book previously to that called Beyond Healing. <laughs> but then now she was beyond the Beyond Healing. She said it was actually quite difficult because some churches who'd welcomed her to preach from the wheelchair now didn't want her because they didn't believe in healing. She said non-Christians were fine about it, but some Christians got themselves in knots about it. And she got hassled by the media. Life wasn't easy, but God healed Jennifer Reese Larkham. Do you know what? It's slightly off-piste, but I want us to just watch a short video of her. This is her speaking last year to J. John, the evangelist. Jennifer Reese Larkin was called home by God last year. I don't know many of you know the story, but let's just watch how she talks about coming to God in the glory. You're currently facing another battle. Yes, yes, very different. Tell us about that. Well, I've recently discovered that I have lung cancer, which is pretty mean, seeing I never smoked. Yeah. But it was quite a shock, you know? Of course, I know that, that Jesus could heal me. I mean, I know it better than most people would know. 
I could. And I have that conviction that this is the time when he wants me home. And this is not the right time for me to ask that question. And I've suddenly realized life is all about not down here at all. Life's all about the next bit, the gorgeous bit. Jesus talked a lot about that gorgeous bit. And it's going to be beautiful. And simply I can't wait. I'm not afraid of death, I think, because years ago when I was first very ill with encephalitis, I had a, a near-death experience. It's changed everything. I was very, very ill in hospital. All the drips and drains and bleepy machines all around my cot, because in a cot, and my minister from my church came to pray for me. I could see him through the cot bars. And as he prayed, I just felt I was lifting off the bed. It was like there was a, a tunnel in the wall in front of me, and I was lifting up and out. And I wasn't scared. It was beautiful. It was painless. It was lovely. I left all the pain behind on that bed. And I thought, I'm going to see the Lord. I know what he'll look like. And I did get there. I got to a beautiful place. I don't think I felt I was inside. I was sort of on the threshold. The colours, I can't describe. There are no words in any language to describe the colours and the peace of it the loveliness of it. And I felt that he was asking me, do you want to come in or go back? Of course I wanted to come in. It was beautiful. But then I seemed to see my six children, only little, way back in the dark, down there, and my husband. I thought I must go back. So he let me come back, said it would be tough, and by gum it has been. But I came back into the bed and all the bleepers were bleeping and nurses were running around and doctors and horrible things. And it was in the pain again. How I have regretted that decision ever since. But I know I'm not going to be scared the next time. And I would love to say to anyone who's actually facing death now, or you've lost somebody, or you're going to lose someone and you're frightened about it, don't be. Actually, dying is delightful. And there's, it's real. Heaven is real. And it's so beautiful, you can't even describe it. I can't wait to get there. Don't be frightened. You're okay. If you know him, if you've given your life over to him and he's taken away the things that you regret, you'll be there and I'll see you there. God bless you. Powerful, isn't it? Woof! <laughs> she went to be with the Lord, I think it was October last year, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I know many of you knew Jen very personally. <clears throat> God heals today. His ultimate healing is in heaven. But there are those times when he breaks through and heals in our world today. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. It was a normal, everyday occurrence. Three in the afternoon. It was business as usual. Do you know, your life can just be ordinary. 
Do you ever wake up in the morning and think, well, it's same old, same old today. (laughs) But God can transform the ordinary into the extraordinary. He can take what is same old, same old and do something new. Because he's the God who does the impossible. And while it would have been a very regular occurrence for Peter and John to go up to the temple at the time of prayer, it was also a very regular occurrence for this man who was lame from birth to be brought to the temple, to the gate of the temple, so he could beg. Every day he was brought there by friends, by family, because that's all he could do. This man was not able to work. There were no things that might help the disabled Uh, in those days. He literally had to lie there and beg. We were just in Paris, which was very, very nice last weekend. And uh, we went to a few of the famous sites and cathedrals and so on. And, And of course, there are people on the streets begging. And it's always been like that. And the people begging in this story. He wouldn't have been the only beggar. There would have been others around and about. And maybe, I know I'm perhaps in danger of reading into it too much, but maybe Peter and John had seen him before. But on this occasion, he asked them for money, and Peter looked straight at him, as did John. How do you feel when you're, maybe you're in London and you, you walk past someone on the street, do you feel that embarrassment? You think, well, I don't know, I want to give them any money because it might go on drugs or whatever. And you don't, don't look at them in the eye. And, and maybe they don't look up because they're ashamed. But Peter looks directly at him, looks at him with intent. Why? Because he's prompted by the Holy Spirit. He knows that today is the day that God's going to do something. Now, they've been seeing incredible miracles among them in the fellowship. God had been using Peter and John and the others to do wonderful signs and wonders. So Peter's faith is sky high by this point. And he just knows that God is going to do something. He looks straight at him, and then he says, look at us. He notices him. I wonder, will the Holy Spirit prompt you to notice someone? Is there someone who you see every day on your way to work? or at Tesco's, or wherever you go, in the everyday. But then one day you notice them. God lays them on your heart. God is prompting you by his Spirit. Maybe just three months ago we had um, Janice from Eastgate Church with us, and her team. Um, And Janice shared about often the things that she would do with God leading her. Um, Maybe someone, as she goes for a haircut, or she's rushing for a train and she can't help but notice that homeless person. And just the whisper of the Holy Spirit is, go and speak to them. And then God does the rest. Tom was talking about being obedient. When we sense that, well, it might be the Holy Spirit speaking to us, can we be obedient to that voice? Now Peter said, The man wants some money, but Peter says, I don't have any money. And this was true. They were sharing everything in common at this time in the early church. Before they were scattered and 
sent here, there and everywhere in these very, very early days. They sold their property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. They lived with everything in common. So yes, Peter didn't have silver and gold. He was at an advantage. You know, sometimes we think, well, I do have a bit of money or I do have some resources. The temptation when we've got those things is to rely on our own efforts and our own strength. I do have some ability to help you. But Peter knows he can only rely on God. What I have, I give you. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. He's taken up residence in me. I followed Jesus. I left everything to follow him. And now he's called me to be his hands and feet. And guess what, Pembury Baptist Church? It's true for us as well. What we have is of eternal value. We have the presence of God living in us. What I have, I give to you. God has not given you the Holy Spirit just so you can have a great time with him, worshipping him at home. He's given you the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can go out and be a blessing to others. You get to keep what you give away. That's how it works in God's kingdom. Give it away. What I have, Peter says, I give you. How are you doing giving away your faith? How are you doing with giving away the hope that you have? Boldly he speaks to the man. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Notice, he doesn't pray for healing. He commands healing. Walk. It's a bold move. What if he was wrong? What if he got it wrong? Maybe he did. I'm joking. Stepping out of the comfort zone, isn't he? When you pray for or you speak about healing, guess what? It's risky. Because what if someone doesn't get healed and we get all these questions and we do get in knots about healing? (laughs) Boldly he speaks out and then he even takes him by the right hand, pulls him up. Again, risky. But we're told instantly the man's feet and ankles become strong. It's a miracle. Man had never walked and yet he starts instantly to walk. Jumping and praising God. And it's public. There's no getting away from it. This man was recognized by everybody. Just like Jennifer Reese Larkham. We can't really deny it. Because we saw what you were like before. All his life he was lame. And suddenly he's jumping up and down, praising God. You can't get more stark and more drastic than that. Sometimes God heals in such a powerful way. You know, there's certain things in life where it's it's really good to err on the side of caution. If you're operating a chainsaw, I would recommend erring on the side of caution. But when we act in faith, when we're doing something in Jesus' name, it's good to err on the side of risk. Often we're a bit careless on the stuff we should be more careful about and then too cautious. Um, Or is it just me? (laughs) Faith is going to look like something. Faith is going to look like taking a risk. Well, what if I offend them? What if I get it wrong? What if I haven't heard God right? What if, you know what, if we do it in love, 
We do it with kindness. Later on, this is described as an act of kindness that Peter does. We do it in a non-judgmental way. And, well, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. I, I pray for non-Christians. And always, you know, I offer a bit of a disclaimer, so it doesn't always work. But none of them have said, well, that's outrageous, I want my money back, you know. I didn't ask for any money, so. And I did it quite nicely, so. To my knowledge, no one's been offended. I've not gone around saying, well, it was your fault, you didn't have enough faith. Please don't do that. But faith was there. Faith played a part. All the people come to Peter and John and say, what's going on? They're astonished, of course, by this. And he says, why are you looking at us? Why are you even surprised by this? Why do you look at us as if it's by our own power or our own godliness that we've done this? We're nothing special. Peter knew he was nothing special. He's an unschooled fisherman who denied Christ three times. He was standing there by the grace of God. And so he knows it's nothing about him. And he said, we have done this through faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus, this man you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes from him that has completely healed him. It is faith in Jesus' name. Now there is no formula. There is no abracadabra magic trick. Faith in Jesus' name means faith in the authority of Jesus. I've thought a lot about healing. I've prayed a lot about healing. I've read books about healing and I still have to acknowledge the mystery. Why? I don't know. Why not? I don't know. But it's not about my efforts. It's about the name of Jesus. A name which is higher than any other name. Peter uses the opportunity to preach the gospel. He tells them about Jesus. Makes people feel guilty. <laughs> you killed him! He then will go on later on to, to give him an opportunity to turn back to God. But he points to Jesus all the time. It's through Jesus that this has happened. Through Jesus' name. And you know what? It isn't all that complicated. We assume that we've got to have a PhD in this to understand how it works. Now the lady who prayed for Jennifer Reese Larkham, yeah, she was inappropriate, but God used her. Some of you are inappropriate. I love you. But you are inappropriate. I'm joking. What I mean is God can still use you. God can still use us. I've spent time with a guy called Randy Clark who goes around the world praying for healing for people. And he was flat on his back for six months. The, the, the big healer guy. He was ill for six months. And all the big hotshot Christian celebrity names prayed for him. And, and it did nothing. And then one young guy, uh, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, prayed for him down the phone and God healed him. <laughs> Do I understand? Do you understand? No. But God's in charge and we're not. So let's give him the glory. And let's raise a hallelujah. Do you want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Do you want to live a same old, same old life? Boring each day? <laughs> Or do you want to live in a life of adventure with the Holy Spirit? What, what do you want to do? Because God can take our very, very ordinary lives and do amazing things. So I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to just prompt us now to lead us.
as we gather. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. I want to thank you that there is healing in Jesus' name. And I pray right now for healing in Jesus' name. We declare healing in this place, whether mind, body, or spirit. Lord, you know what you're doing when it comes to healing. So we turn to you and we reach out our hands to you today. We know nothing is impossible with you. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray you'd empower my friends with boldness, boldness of the Holy Spirit. Come, set our hearts on fire with love for those whom we encounter, compassion that is from your heart, and faith that you are still doing amazing things. Hallelujah. going to take a risk myself right now, just to invite you, if you'd like to know God's healing, and you don't have to say what it's about, to either stand up or to, to raise a hand, and not presuming anything, just invite you in this place of faith to do that. out our hands to you, Lord. <coughs> to Jesus. Reach out our hands to you, Jesus. Thank you that you're touching our lives right now. to pray for you if you if you're prepared to look like an idiot <laughs> and I mean that in a fun you don't mind sticking your neck out you're prepared to take a risk but you want to do it for Jesus if you'd like to do that either again stick your hand up or stand up if you feel you'd like to but God is looking for people who are available you haven't got to have it all perfect you don't have to have done a PhD. Just be available. Say, Lord, yes. Use me, Lord. 
want to be available to be your hands and feet, Jesus. So that through me, Lord, I invite you through me to do amazing things. Because it's not about me. And I pray for those who are saying, yes, I'm yours, Lord Jesus. Lord, would you fill them to overflowing with boldness, love, and joy. I want to thank you, Lord, that you will give the right words. You will give wisdom. You will lead. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah.